The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for drawing us together unto yourself. Today, my Father, in every life present in this place, in every life joining us over the internet, Father, do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of man. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Today we are in the penultimate part of our series, From Death to Life. We're in part three. And it is so important that, you know, um, there's this song that we used to sing, and I think it's still being sung. Well, the cloud of glory is moving. Let us move with a cloud. Let us move with a cloud. cloud. Now, the, the, the key thing here is this. There's an emphasis on what God is doing. It is important that you, for yourself, stay focused and Get the best value from this season. Praise the name of the Lord. I've had amazing testimonies already. However, I know that God still has a lot in store for us. So let's keep focused. Praise the name of the Lord. Our text, our anchor text is still Ezekiel 37. And we read from verse 1 to 14. Ezekiel 37, from verse 1 to 14. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. I was say completely. They were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied. You alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will 
come to life, then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then, skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe upon these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back into your land. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again. And return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. The Lord bless the reading and understanding of his words in Jesus' name. Everybody here that um, the emphasis during the praise chain, God gave us a word. The emphasis is coming back to me again. That everyone here... Scenario is like you rise and you know you are held back again. So you are always rise. You never rise and soar. As you are rising, you are pulled back again. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, before this service is over, God will cut the claws of the crabs. In the name of Jesus. Totally. Last week, we pivoted, as it were, to the story of um, Lazarus. And we saw that Lazarus was, was not only sick, Lazarus died. Lazarus did not only die, Lazarus was buried. Lazarus was not only sick, died, was buried. Lazarus had begun to rot. He had begun to decay. He had begun to smell. And we saw that Jesus Christ of Nazareth reversed the situation totally. In the story of Ezekiel, we see these dry bones were not only sick, they died. They were not only dead, they were
buried as it were in a valley. They were not only sick, dead and buried. They are even past decay. They are, they, they've wrought to completion. The flesh was totally consumed. Not only that, the bones were scattered. In other words, they were not even together. Not only that, the bones were dry. Not only dry, the scripture says completely dry. Another translation says they were very dry. That is a picture of the most seemingly impossible situation. And everyone here is in a spectrum. You know, some, the situation, whatever the situation is, is just sick. Some is dead. Some has been buried. Some is beginning to decay. Some has become skeletons. Some the skeletons are scattered. Some not only are they scattered, they are dry. Some they are not only dry, they are very dry. Wherever you are in this spectrum, the power of God is able to reverse the situation. Praise the name of the Lord. And, And God is saying to us, I am able to move you from death to life. And I will. You see, many times as people, we, we, we fret when we see storms and when we, when we see problems, you know. And we, 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 we fret. It's, it's, it's sometimes natural. But you see, for, for, for many of us, we, sh- we shouldn't be fretting any longer. We shouldn't be fretting any longer. You know why? Because storms are a part of life. You should know that. Storms are a part of life. In fact, storms are so natural to life that it's either you've just come out of a storm or you are in the middle of a storm or guess what? A storm is about to hit. Everybody here. It's not a prophecy. Everybody here. Is, you are either just come out of a storm, in the middle of a storm, or a storm is about to happen. So whatever happens, you need this message. Wherever you are. Why? Because the storms, they are not the problem. The storms, the storm of life is not the problem. Storms happen to everybody. Even storms happen to Jesus. Jesus, the son of the living God, he experienced at least two storms that I can remember. Physical storms, that is. How much more you and I you are going through a storm. The problem is not the storm. You are going through an adversity. The problem is not the adversity. You are going through a situation. The problem is not the situation. So, Pastor, what are you saying? You, if you know my problem, uh, this one is special. Oh. God says, there is no temptation that has come upon you, but that which is common to man. I was a common. The temptation is common. Oh, pastor, this one is very special. It is common. Don't specialize it. Don't specialize it. Don't specialize it. It is common to man. But God is faithful that with every temptation, it will make a way of escape. And it will. So, so what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that the problem is not the adversity. 
No, no, let me give you an, an illustration. I've said this before when, when I was in um, secondary school. I, was, uh, I did my first two years of secondary school in a school called Command Paja. And in Command, you know, you know, I was secondary school largely. I was very playful, very, totally very playful. I'm not as playful as I used to be anymore, even though some people don't believe that. Anyway, the point is this. When you give us assignments, I, have a, I always have a good mind to do my assignments. The body in house of my parents didn't, um, you know, they weren't there. So I've always had a good mind to do my assignments, but guess what? Most of the time, I forget my assignment. So when I get to the class, there are usually three categories of people. The likes of a lady called Uche. That girl, she's just a pain. She's always doing her assignment. You have such people, they always make the rest of us look bad. And writing is impeccable. <laughs> they are such people. Then there's this category of people, these guys. They are like the sabi sabi people. They, on this particular occasion, were arguing with the teacher that the question was wrong. You know, they gave us a math question, and they were like, Teacher, this question is wrong. And they were loud. And there were those of us that are wondering, did they give us assignment? <laughs> so there are always those three categories of <laughs> in our class. Now, these guys that are arguing that, you know, the question is wrong. And, you know, come on, I didn't do the assignment, I admit. But I look at the question, I'm like, this question is not wrong. And the teacher would always refer to Uche. I say, Uche, Please show us your assignment. And I said, if I punch your face, Uche. You know, and she shows us her assignment. And, you know, she gets it. She solved the problem. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that those guys that are saying that the question is wrong, the problem was not the question. The problem was their mathematical capacity. The problem is not the adversity you are facing. The problem is your capacity. The problem is your capacity. The problem is not the adversity. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your depth in God. That's the problem. The problem is not the the, the storms. The problem is who is in your boat. In Psalm 24 verse 10, Psalm 24 verse 10, it says that if you faint in the day of adversity, then then you have a lot of enemies. Is that what it says? It says then your strength is small. The NLT says, if you fail under pressure, did it say then you have a specialized pressure? No. Put it up. It didn't say that. It says... If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. The Bible didn't say, for some of us, we are like, oh, if only I'd married a, a different person. Oh, all this problem will have gone. No, 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 no. Your problem is not the person you married. Though. Oh, if only oh, I'd studied medicine. Oh, if only I studied engineering. Oh, if only I... No, 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 your problem isn't. Pastor, are you trying to say that? The problem I'm facing financially 
it's not because there's an economic challenge. It's not because the dollar is at whatever. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Pastor, are you trying to say that the issue I'm having right now that is so overwhelming, are you trying to say that the problem is not the problem? Exactly. So what's the problem? Your capacity. The day those guys, the loud guys, the sabi sabi guys in our class increase their capacity like the uches of this world, the problem will cease to be the problem. I'm praying today that the God of heaven will increase your capacity in the mighty name of Jesus. So stop blaming the adversity and start building your strength. Start building your strength. Stop blaming the, the adversity. Which is why these videos, you know, those things, the videos, the fasting we are doing, they are strength builders. They build your strength. They build your strength. Why? Because when it comes to the supernatural anyway, yes, you need to do your part, but your strength is limited. When it comes to the supernatural, why you must play your part, your strength will not be enough. Now I'm taking this to another level. While you must build your strength, while you must do your part, when it comes to the supernatural, your strength will not be enough. So, if you are not, not even building any strength, it's a very pathetic case already. You need to build your strength. But you need to realize, when it comes to supernatural, your strength will not be enough. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, the voice translation says, the eternal, the commander of heavenly armies has said this to Zerubbabel, your strength and prowess will not be enough to finish my temple. What will be enough? My spirit will be. So, all this fasting, all this praying, all these vigils, it's just for one thing. So that we can unleash the spirit of God that is able to bring from death to life. That is all that is about. That is all that is about. In Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1 that we read, the voice translation of verse 1 puts it in an amazing way. It says, the eternal one had a hold on me. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that the eternal one will take hold of you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I couldn't escape. God will take hold of you. You will not be able to escape. He says, the divine wind of the eternal one picks me up. The divine wind of God, the most high, the eternal one, will pick you up this season. You know, you know what that means? I know some of you don't want to say amen because these prayers are very... If I say amen now, God can just invade my life. And, you know... <laughs> exactly. You know what this prayer means? It means that if you've been struggling, when the wind of God comes, it carries you. It's effortless. So, you, you've been struggling with poverty. When the wind of God comes, it takes you out. That's what it means. So, don't focus only on the responsibilities. Focus on the value. So, you need to play your part. I need to play my part. 
And there are two parts I'm going to talk about that we need to play. And, 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 we, and, we, and we begin to minister. We're done. Two parts we need to play. The first part is this. For me to align with God is the first thing I need to do to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit, to unleash the Spirit of God in my favor. I need to align with God. Everybody say, align with God. Align with God. You have your own ideas. Some people even have there an idea of how God should be God. They, they look at how the whole world is and they, and they say, God, if I, were, if I were God, I can do a better job. I'm telling you that people that are sitting down here, arrogant. You think you are better than God? Align with God. That's the first thing you need to do. Align with God. And I will show you in scripture. God said to Ezekiel, he asked him, verse 3, he says, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? That's a question of alignment. God was saying to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, if you don't look at that question well, you won't get it. But look at it very well. You realize that it's a question of alignment. God was saying, God already knew that that the bones could live, right? So why was God asking Ezekiel, can these bones live? Why was he asking Ezekiel? He was asking Ezekiel because... Because he wanted to check. Ezekiel, are you aligned with me on this issue? Are you aligned with me? Can these bones leave, Ezekiel? Are we on the same page on this issue? And you see, many times, you, 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 you don't see the power of God because you are not aligned with God. You are not aligned with God. And God is, is asking you, my child, can these bones live? What are the dead, dry bones in your life? God is saying, can they live in your health? God is saying, my daughter, my child, my son, can these bones live? He's not asking you to tell him if you, you can be healed. He's just saying to you, are we aligned on this matter? Are we aligned? On this matter, he, he's saying in your in your let's see your business in your business, you know, it looks like a dry bone situation. God is saying, My child, can these bones live? It could be in your career. God is saying, My child, can these bones live? It could be in your marriage. There's always dry bones in the marriage. God is saying to you today, in fact, you, you may have almost Giving up on it. In fact, maybe like Moya said, you had began to say, okay, you know what? This is my cross. But God is asking you this morning, can these bones live? It could be your finances. God is saying, he's asking you, can these bones live? You see, until you get past that, there's no moving from death to life. Only one person can clap. That is fine. That is fine. 
No, no, I'm not saying everybody should come. I'm just trying to encourage the person to Christ come to come. That's all I'm saying. The point is this. Oh, the little girl. The point is this. Every one of us need to confront that situation. That's where you need to struggle. That is where your wrestle is this morning. Can this bones live? There are things that you have accepted as norm. You've, you've come to embrace it. Well, this is, I need to just manage this from the rest of my life. God is saying to you this morning, can these bones live? <laughs> can they live? Your response determines what will happen next. Can these bones live? This bones leave. And it's so powerful because, you know, if you look at the story of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was put in a very interesting situation because we have the privilege of reading Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel did not have the privilege of reading Ezekiel 37. We have seen the whole story. We could tell that the dry bones will leave but Ezekiel was right in this story. And that's how some of us feel right now. We feel we are right in this story. But guess what? I need to step back from that story and read the whole story. The dry bones will live again. The dry bones will live again. Romans 8, 11, The word of God says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ, Jesus, from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. Everyone that is sick in the body, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, receive life. In the mighty name of Jesus. By the same spirit. We have the privilege of stepping back and looking at the big picture. Ezekiel didn't have the privilege. We can step back and see what Christ has done for us, has done for us on the cross of Calvary. And know that we can move from death to life. We have the privilege. And almost a lot of cases, God will say to his, his people, what do you see? God will call this guy and he says to him, he show him something and he say, what do you see? You know, because a lot depends on what you see. And what you see, it's, God is trying to check, are we aligned? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? God said to Abraham, Abraham, come, come out, come out. Look up, look up. What do you see? Abraham says, I see, I see stars. <laughs> you know? Was seeing stars, and God says, "Can you count them?" He says, "No, no, no." You know, God just—it just—he just wants us to be aligned. God said to the children of Israel, "Go, go into the land of Egypt. Eh, sorry, into the land of Canaan, and come and tell me what you can see." You know, God—it's just an issue of alignment. God just wanted to, them to go into the promised land and come back and tell them, "What did you see?" Are we aligned on this? What do we, don't you see? The 12 went, 
Ten came back. They saw giants. Two came back. They saw a land flowing with milk and honey. And this, they were looking at the same thing. Question. God is saying to you, what do you say? Can these bones live? Can they live? Your response will determine whether you stay in the wilderness or you enter the promised land. Can these bones live? Ah. Everyone say alignment. <laughs> what do you see? The second thing I need to do my part to unleash the power of the Holy Ghost to do that which I cannot do. The first is alignment. I need to align with God. I need to align with God. The second is once I am aligned with God, I need to speak his prophetic word. I need to speak his prophetic word. I need to speak his prophetic word. In verse 4 of Ezekiel 37 that we read, it says that, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic word. Everybody say speak. He didn't say think. He didn't say imagine. He didn't say mutter. He said speak a prophetic word to these bones. And say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. You see, you can have a prophetic message from God, but until you speak it, nothing happens. You can have a prophetic message from God, until you speak it, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Many times, we we don't know how these things work. That's why we don't speak it. God needs your voice. The vocal cord is like a trigger in the spirit realm. What are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? God said to the children of Israel, as you have said in my ears, I will do to you. What are you saying? What are you saying over your wife? What are you saying over your husband? What are you saying over your life? What are you saying you can't move beyond your words. Your words define your life. And when it comes to moving from death to life, you, you, you can't see the result until you speak the prophetic word. And sometimes we struggle. We struggle because of many reasons. We struggle. I've been there. I've, I've struggled. I shared an example at the Saturday um, worship experience yesterday evening. First weekend experience. We, and I was saying that pastoring, my wife and I, um, yesterday, no, yesterday, on Friday was 10 years that we have been pastoring, my wife and I. Glory be to Jesus forever and ever. 10 years already. Wow. Anyway. When the Holy Spirit began to move me into the prophetic. 
particularly when it comes to healing, because it was correcting me, I was saying that that was my first word of knowledge. It is not, it wasn't actually. That was my first one for healing. When it comes to healing, I can remember clearly we had that red bricks building and I was ministering and the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, there's someone that has, that was, is, 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 was going blind practically. And I used to struggle to speak it. Why? Because I'm like, what if there's nobody? What if, I mean, what if, I, I used to struggle. And God said to me, what is the chaff from the wheat? You are just the chaff. My word is the wheat. In other words, if you have the word of God, you are just dust. Just speak the word. I was preaching. I was struggling. I was preaching. I was struggling. Finally, I said it. Ah, okay. I've said it. It's now your business. I've said my own. Look, a man came out. He was practically going blind. But God healed him right there and then. Reversed the sight. Now, so I know the struggle. Why? Because you don't want to look like a fool. You don't want to look like a fool. (laughs) But if you check scripture, every move of God is preceded by a sound. Every move of God. In creation, God was, was, the spirit of God was upon the face of the deep. The power of God was present. God was in creation. The Holy Spirit was there. The Father was there. The Word was there. But nothing happened until God said. And God said, let there be light. And there was what? What, what, what if God had not said? The power of God will still be there. But nothing would have happened. My point is this. You need to speak God's prophetic word into that situation. You are saying, oh, pastor, okay, fine, but I don't have a prophetic word. Yes, you do. So what's the prophetic word? Your prophetic word is you are moving from death to life. That's your, that's your prophetic word. That's your prophetic word. So to go to that situation and say, thus says the Lord. You are going from death to to life. Until you say it, nothing will happen. In Ezekiel, the same thing. The same thing. God says, speak, son of man. Speak. Speak. Moses, the same thing. The whole nation of Israel, they see the cloud of, 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 of God moving forward. Moses always, always, the Bible says he goes towards in front of the congregation and he shouts. He lifts up his voice, the Bible says, and he says, rise up, Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. That is what Moses says every time the ark moves forward. Why does he have to say it? Because the spiritual is activated by your voice. Activated by your voice. Same thing. I can give you examples upon examples. Acts 2. Same thing. Same thing. So everything will wait until you speak. Everything will wait until you speak. 
Imagine you are, you are the CEO of your organization and, and you come into the organization. You don't talk. You don't give anybody any instructions. You just send no email. And everybody's looking at you. They're waiting for the instruction. And you just keep going. Mute. That organization is not going to move anywhere. But the day you begin to open your mouth and give cast vision, give direction, give assignment, and talk, everybody begins to move. The same thing with your life. The forces of heaven now, they're waiting. Is he going to just keep quiet and watch? Or is he going to get up and and speak. And sometimes we, we are not sure we should speak because of the situation. The situation looks impossible. Sometimes we are not sure we should speak because the situation, secondly, looks inanimate. The situation looks impossible. The situation looks inanimate. It looks lifeless. So we are not sure we should speak. We don't want to look like a fool. We are not sure. Imagine God was saying to Ezekiel, in verse 4, he says, <laughs> speak to these bulls. And, and Ezekiel, you know, say, says, um, um, speak. God says, speak to these dry bones. He says, dry bones, listen to the word of God. Imagine, imagine how it will look like if somebody catches you speaking to dry bones. I say, dry bones, listen to the word of God. You look like a fool. But until you are willing to be a fool for Jesus, Nothing happens. Nothing happens. You have to get up and speak. And speak. Which is why the videos again are very powerful. And speak. Because we'll be doing a lot of that. I shared the story of a, of a woman that um, I, 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 a mother-in-law came. I mean, she had been with her husband for a while. I don't know how many years they've been married. I can't remember. I used to remember back then. But I, I don't remember anymore. They've been married for a while. And, you know, she's had children, blah, 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 blah. Then the mother-in-law came from the village and said, and brought a little village girl and said, you know, my daughter, you have tried. You don't bump a king for my child, for my son. You have tried, you have tried. But my son needs fresh blood. So they brought a little bride. So it's fresh blood. <laughs> For the her man, you know, some men too, very foolish man. He says to the wife, You see, it's not my fault too. I was sitting now, JJ, that's why they just brought this. So the man accepted the mom's offer, but the woman, the wife, got up. And began to speak to the walls of the house. Walls eject them in the name of Jesus. She spoke to the spoon. Spoon ejects them in the name of Jesus. She spoke to the chair. Chair ejects them. I mean, this inanimate object. Guess what happened? Exactly as she has said. You, they will sit down on the chair. They cannot sit down. They will take the spoon. They can if they. They, they, they left themselves. They packed their load and left. You see, what, what we have is, is stronger than Juju. In fact, Juju is uh, 
imitation. The original is with God. But you have to arise. You have to speak. You have to take your place. You have to take your place. Nothing happens until you speak. Nothing. Why? Because there is no sphere of life that is beyond the influence of the power of Christ. There's no sphere of life that is beyond the influence of the power of Christ. None. 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 He says, prophesy to these bones. Tell them to listen to what the eternal Lord says. Tell them to listen to what the eternal Lord says. So the question is, what is God saying about that situation? I've told you one already that is obvious because of the season we are in. God is saying you are going to move from death to life. That is what God is saying. So, what is God saying? It is not what your feelings are saying. He didn't say, go and tell them to listen to what your feelings are saying. For some of us, we are just ruled by our feelings. We are just emotional. And we just go like a yo-yo to the direction of our feelings. God did not say what your feelings say. For some others, it is, is, we we just want to, we get a direction from our friends. What people are saying, what this person is saying, oh, that person said that, that person said this. God did not say, go and tell the bones what your friend has said. God has said, go and tell the bones what I have said. What is God saying? For some of us, we are so logical. You see, some people, they outthink God out of their lives. I'm not saying we, we shouldn't use our brains. Of course, we are intelligent people. We can't do what we are doing if we are not intelligent by the grace of God. But you see, (laughs) when the rubber meets the road, it's not what your logic is saying. It's what is God saying. Don't use logic and eradicate God from your life. What is God saying? What is God saying? It is not what, it's not even what reality is saying. It's not even what reality is saying. You know, because I've heard it many times, you know, folks say, oh, Pastor, let us face reality. I said, no. We will face the word of God. He said, let us face reality. I said, no. We will face the word of God. He said, oh, Pastor, take the example of the man man we, 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 we talked about. Reality was that he was going blind. That's the reality. I mean, come on. That, so I'm not denying that that's a fact, but it is not the truth. It may be a fact that you are sick, but the truth is by the wounds of Jesus, you are healed. And the truth, when applied to facts, changes facts to reality. Hallelujah. <laughs> now listen, I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of my life. <laughs> Things that have gone look totally impossible. That's the fact. But you can use the truths of the word of God to change the facts. 
The question is, are you going to do it? Are you just going to sit down there and be limited by your senses? And be limited by your emotions? And be limited by, your, by the opinions of your friends? Or what reality says? So, to get you going in speaking the word of God, you see, when you want to speak the prophetic word, there are two. There's the written and there's the prophetic. The written, I am Psalm 119, verse 89. Psalm 119 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So the word of God is settled in heaven. What God has said concerning your healing is settled. What he has said concerning your wealth is settled. What he has said concerning your children is settled. So the question is, you need to get the written. And to get us going, we just we put up together a few things here. Does everybody have you have a printout? Good. This is just to, to get you going. And and, and, and you're supposed to just go and get more from the word of God. For instance, you're saying, Pastor, what is God saying concerning my spiritual life? I am up today, I'm down tomorrow. I, I don't even, I don't even, I'm so stubborn, I'm so um, spiritually obstinate. I, I, I don't have the spirit of God. I, I'm struggling. I come to church. Sometimes I don't even come to church because this born again thing, I don't really understand it. What is God saying? Listen to what God is saying. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away this stony heart from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgment and do them. That's what God is saying. That's saying, but pastor, I have a problem with my, one of my children or my child. I mean, we have this strange relationship. What is God saying? Listen to what God is saying. He says, I will turn the hearts of fathers, of parents, of mothers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, to their parents. That is what God is saying. He will turn their hearts to your heart and you will live in peace. That is what God is saying. Say, okay, but pastor, what about protection? I'm afraid of, 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 of witches that are flying my night or maybe even of physical harm. What is God saying? Listen to what God is saying. God says that my angel, the angel of the Lord, encamps around them that fear him to deliver them. God is saying, look around you. There are angels around you. Look up, look up, everyone, look up, look up. Look at me. Can you see the angels? They are there. They are there. Not only with me, they are there too. That's what God is saying. You're saying, oh, pastor, you've said we should increase our strength. How do I increase my strength? What is God saying? He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, what is God saying? I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seeds and my blessings upon your offerings. What about my finances, Pastor? What is God saying? What is God saying? The Lord shall open to you his good treasure. Say amen, say amen, say amen. 
the heaven to give the rain unto your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hand and you shall lend to nations, to many nations and you shall not borrow. That's what God is saying. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. What is God saying concerning my health, Pastor? What is God saying? I'm physically bruised. I'm emotionally sick. I'm spiritually battered. What is God saying? Listen to what God is saying. For I will restore health unto you and I will heal you from your wounds, says the Lord. Because he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. That is what God is saying. That is what God is saying. You are going to move from death to life in the name of Jesus. It's about our hearts, it's about our heads. I want us to think about this forever. Oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven, it is settled. Forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I want to prove with you, you are here. What is God saying concerning your salvation? What is God saying? God is saying today is the day of salvation. You have been, you have been living your life without God. God is drawing you today. God has brought you here today. You are not here by accident. God is saying today is the day of salvation. You are saying, Pastor, okay, I want to surrender to Jesus. Oh, I used to be saved, but I've, I have the world as, as I've gone back to the world. I want to come back. What do I need to do? It's simple. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. Do I need to come? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you right there and then and God will change your life pastor that is me pray with me put up your hand now over your head quickly if I put up your hand put up your hand well God bless you put it up well 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 over your head that is me that is me don't don't worship over your head I'm making this connection God bless you over there God bless you over there that is me pastor pray with me God bless you keep the hands up God bless you pray with me I want to pray with you God bless you sir God bless you over there God bless you over there God bless you sir God bless you my brother God bless you that is me pastor that is me that is me that is me your word is set Father we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today we ask that you cleanse them Lord and empower them to become all all that you have created them to be Lord deliver them totally from the influence of sin and let your name be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus.